good morning, everyone. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are making a special edition of Table for Two. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Uh, this is uh, Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abel's and Hyman. We taste better. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food, all the time. I love food. I love cooking for food, shopping for food. Anything for food related, I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. And anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. I cook for people for Shabbos, for Yontif. And every week I have amazing guests on my show. We talk about recipes and, and traveling for kosher food and lots of great food ideas. And today is no exception, but I want to hear about your experiences too. So you can email me at Naomi at NachumSiegel.com. Last week we had Jay Bookspam on the show and he gave us a challenge. He said that you had to pick out three grapes from Champagne in France, which are made for Champagne. So you have to email those to me. And next week I'm going to announce the winner with Jay on the show and you will get some sort of gift or wine or coupon for Royal Wine. So we're very excited about that. I look forward to hearing um, everybody's uh answers for that. Um, we've had a terrific week. It is Hanukkah, but this is a special edition. I'll explain to you why. Because this whole week I'm in Alaska, so I had to prepare this show a little bit earlier ahead of time. So you're listening to this Erev Shabbat Hanukkah, but really it's a couple of, a little bit beforehand. So um, we are gathered here together on a Wednesday, so we are very excited to be here on the Lower East Side. It's a bit raining and doom and gloom outside, but inside the studio is sunshine and rainbows because we are talking about food. I have an amazing set of guests. I have Alexander Rappaport from Maspia Kitchens who brought us some olive oil to try, and we're going to talk about the projects that he's working with, fundraising with olive oil to bring some uh, uh, Sadaka funds into Maspia, his amazing kitchen. And then we have Esther Ansroot, which is glu- she's also known as Gluten Free SY. Make sure you follow her on Instagram, an amazing following all about everything being gluten free and super delicious. I had her product on about two weeks ago with um, Joe Danzinger. We ate some of her chicken in gluten free batter and it was amazing. She's going to talk to us about that. And right next to me, I have Dawn Lerman, Dawn Lerman, cookbook author. She wrote this book, My Fat Dad. I'm holding up to the camera. We have a YouTube channel on Nachum Siegel Net. So I hope if you're not listening and you can watch right now, you can make sure you uh, tune in and, and watch and listen to our show as well right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I get a lot of books across my desk. I work with um, Trina Kay out in California. She's a publicist for a lot of amazing cookbook authors. And she sends me great books all the time. And I'm so lucky and I get to read all these great books. But this book... And I say this a lot of book, a lot of books come across my desk. You hear me say that all the time. This is my favorite book. Not only is it a cookbook, it's 90% a memoir and I would say 10% um, the recipes. Every recipe is fantastic. But the memoir, I could not put this down. I feel like, Dawn, I feel like I know you so well. So You're welcome so to the... <laughs> I'm embarrassed now that you know me so no. well. <laughs> well, you know, you put it out there. <laughs> and that's what I love about it. And, you know, Dawn, why don't you, I've read your book Inside okay. It Out, but I want you to share with my listeners why they're picking this up for a Hanukkah present for themselves and their neighbors. Because it's kind of like... My fat dad, when I saw, opened up the packet and I left it on the table, my daughter's like, she called her dad fat and he's in his, you know, he's in boxer shorts. And, you well, know, it, it's kind of like the name pulls you in like, what's, she, that's, what's this about? <laughs> well, it's really my journey of growing up with a 450-pound father. He was also a big guy in the ad world. He wrote Coke is it, Lego my ego, once you pop, you cannot stop. So he was a big guy in the advertising world. And the products he sold were the products that were contributing to his obesity. Um, but he was also a big foodie and a very funny guy. And my memoir is about the relationship between me and my dad and the relationship between my maternal grandmother, Beauty, and me and how she taught me how to eat healthy and eventually how I taught my dad how to eat healthy and lose weight. And now he's 210 pounds as of last week and vegan. That's unbelievable because I know through this book what he's really <laughs> eaten in his lifetime. Unbelievable. Your journey is incredible. From a li- it starts off when you're like a little kid. Three years old. The birth of your younger sister yes. who went on to become so successful herself as a, 
as a star in the Broadway show and Annie Correct. and onto television and now a lawyer in California. She's living there with your mum. See, I know everything. <laughs> I know the trouble you got up to in high school. The Little Red School is not too far from No, I, I went to the Little Red Yeah, I went into the Little Red Schoolhouse in the height of the 70s, you know, with all the activists and the protests. And it was a really unique time in New York that really doesn't exist anymore. You know, my we had friends who were, you know, nudists. I mean, That's friends crazy. who were poets. Uh, yeah, it was the 70s. You know, uh, it was all about, you know, free to be you and me, Erica Young, and really, you know, especially for women finding themselves, which is why my mother, who you'll read about in the book, does not cook at all. Her mother, maternal grandmother, my grandmother, Beauty, was the most amazing cook. And I know. How can you? Like, I know. I, I come from a long line of foodies, and I was telling John right before the show started, my grandmother was her grandmother. She played cards, and she fed us. Right, she And fed she us. cooked, but my mother cooked. And I cook, and my children cook. Like we come, right? We all, right my right. dad cooks, my brother cooks. We all cook. But your mother had no interest. She like no. did the opposite. She, she ran did. away from the kitchen. Yeah, she as rebelled. many people do. As many people do. They're like daunted by the task, or she saw what went behind it and said, "This is so not for me." Right. She. I mean, my mom longed to be an actress, and she saw her mother's. My grandmother, Beauty, spent her whole day in the kitchen. She would go to the butcher and she'd go to the baker and she'd make cookies. And her whole day was about, you know, her family. As my mother wanted nothing to do with that, you know, she, her, it was about me, the me generation. You know, she right. wanted to be an actress and she came to New York City and to fulfill her dreams. And again, she was like 20 years old. You know, she was like, you know, she was so young. Uh, and she was trying to find herself, but my grandmother would send me a recipe card every week. I was nine years old with a $20 bill. And that way, whatever she was cooking for my grandfather, Papa, I could cook for my little sister, April. So she'd say, if I'm cooking chicken soup for Papa, you could cook chicken soup for April and your daddy. And that's how I learned to cook. Because your mom did it. Not a thing. Not at all. Not a thing. She, uh, you would say, like in the book, she would eat tuna fish out of a can while talking on the yeah, phone. That was as much as she could handle. I could, that's un- So even when you were like little babies, your beauty just fed you? We would go to my grandmother's house on the weekend because my mother was, like, too busy. She'd drop us off on Friday, pick us up on Monday, and my grandmother would feed us through the weekend and make me these little care packages. But I could, they'd, I'd have to hide them because if my father found them, he would eat, he them. Would eat them. So he had, like, a special cabinet where we had to, like, lock food up. It, it, that, and I had, like, a key that I used to wear on my neck for my own little snack so he wouldn't eat them. That's unbelievable. It's amazing that your father has maintained that weight loss also for, you know, he Went to 450 pounds at one point. He yes. was sent off by his company. To the fat farm. To the fat farm. I remember when certain family members went to a health farm right, right. to lose weight. It was called Wallachia. Right. Well, my dad said he went to the fat farm. He, by the time he went to the fat farm, he was 350 pounds. He went at 350 pounds and came back at 175 pounds. And he said six minutes to, six months to lose, six minutes to gain. So what he didn't, True. yeah, so he didn't maintain the way he would, he would gain, he would lose, he would gain, he would lose. And only several, several years later, when he really made the connection, he got cancer, that he right. learned the connection between food and nourishment. And now that he learned to cook himself is when he finally was able to maintain the weight loss. Wow. It's, you know, everybody's relationship with so, food is like a little crazy. And I think now we've got this whole foodie industry growing by the amazing. minute. amazing. Especially the kosher food industry, I think, to people like... Alain Kornblum with his foodie group yeah. has exploded and, and just, you know, the amount of kosher food that's available now through the OU and, and, and personal chefs that are coming up like Esther Anzarud and myself and just people that are just taking it to the next level. We're excited. Susie Fishbein and all her cookbooks and now you with your memoirs. Everyone's talking about food, writing about smooth food, smelling food. Right. Last week we had a wine show. We smelt half the show, you know, smelling the food and the cheese and the wine. It's, you know, it's it's really come into another culture, and yes. you have, like, tied this all together in this Thank wonderful you. book. Thank you so much. Yeah, food is definitely making a comeback because, I mean, it, it, you know, it goes in cycles. I think like everything else, it goes in cycles. People used to cook them. They stopped cooking. Then it was processed food, and now people are really, you know, finding the value of nur- real nourishment. I mean, food is love, you know, and cooking for your family is a way of showing love. As a young child, you know, your mother didn't cook, and, and you were the one that had to yes. cook. We had to hear about how beauty sent you snacks. And as you be, how did it change as you became an adult? Uh, and then you went on to become a nutritionist yes, on yes. top of all that, which is your second career. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, when my dad got cancer, I was, I just had my son. He was two years old. 
And when he got cancer, I started making him all these soups and I started reading everything possible. And then I decided to go back to school for nutrition basically to save my dad's life. Like I knew there was a better way than just, you know, Western medicine. But he did both. Let's he just did put both. That out. Yes, he I did both. I that out there. You do both. He did both. He did you both. Do both. And I do not want to. And it's also about being proactive. It's not even what you do. It's being proactive in your battle. No matter what approach you take, you have to not put it in someone else's hand. You have to be an advocate for yourself. And I think that makes a difference. I think it gives a mind shift instead of, like, giving into it of survival. You know, it makes you stand up strong, and it gives you something to focus on. So my dad learned to cook for the first time. He started researching different doctors. He started reading books instead of letting someone hand him a diagnosis and just living with it. Right. He fought. And I think that just changes something also in your brain chemistry. Right. I think we all need to, like, focus a little bit yeah. more. Okay, I love deep fried donuts. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> and I stuff my donuts with brisket Ooh. or with cookies. Like, I make oh my. my donuts as fattening. But I have it, like, once a year like that. Right, right, right. It's all about like a little bit of maintaining balance. And it's moderation. If you're going to eat something really huge and heavy one day, then make sure you eat a big salad afterwards to clean it out. Or the next day, eat, try and eat a little cleaner. Or go for a little walk. Or go for a walk. Exactly. You can't eat like that 24-7, but you also want to eat the things you like. And you don't want to eat diet foods because diet food means die. And then you eat more of the other stuff. So if you put all the stuff that you like in your diet, but then also put a lot of fruits and vegetables and exercise and stay hydrated with water, you're going to be fine. You hear about your dad's struggle. And I felt like, you know, like my mom also like struggled and and continues to struggle and and, and, uh, trying all these different diets. And I remember the diet photocopied and put on the wall. Yes, yes. Try this soup. You're going to eat this soup and you're going to be so skinny. Well, that's the problem. It's any kind of fat doesn't work. It doesn't because, work. Because you're so deprived that as soon as it's over, you're going to eat everything else in sight. Right. Instead of learning to just incorporate good things. So like when I work with clients, instead of taking away the things they love, I just add in things. Let's add a big salad after lunch. Let's add a big salad after dinner. Let's add eight glasses of water a day. Let's add a juice. You know, so it's about adding more things to fill you up and nourish you instead of taking away. And then it's exciting and fun instead of like, being deprived. Right. I have one little rule, though. When I'm on vacation, no diet. No, no. I mean, not diet, but right, right. I let myself go. I'll eat a packet of chips with some hummus. You know, right. that's that's my biggest sin that I do. <laughs> I don't even – I try to avoid sugar as much as right, possible. Right. Like, I like food. I don't eat dessert. Ooh. I don't drink my calories except for a right. cup of coffee, which is no sugar and just a lot of milk. I kind of like – I like co- I like milk in my coffee too. Yeah, a lot of half and half, <laughs> like half half milk and half coffee. And if you're not eating a lot of processed food, that's a huge difference too. Because like what, like hot dogs and sausages and any processed food, anything what, that comes describe. in a package has preservatives, and the preservatives kind of stay in your stomach, and it's not real food. Like if you've ever gone to like Italy or France, you eat a lot of food, and for some reason you don't get weight because the food is so fresh. It kind of just comes in your body and goes out of your body. Many years ago, I was uh, in Italy with my husband. And we were traveling, um, and we went, we went to Pompeii to see the ruins. And we go to the cafeteria to buy Coke, and we had our homemade sandwiches that we had bought some bread in Rome and, and made sandwiches, um, from the wonderful Jewish ghetto over there. We took it with us to, to Pompeii. Let's go inside, let's get a cold drink and, and maybe a cup of coffee. And inside the, the, um, cafeteria was not like American fast right, food. Right. It was pastas and salads. Beautifully Beautiful, displayed. Yeah. With a smell. It wasn't like in America that would have been a fast food joint. Right, a right. McDonald's there or something that just said quick fry. And right, go. right. This was like a real pro. It wasn't kosher. We couldn't eat it. But it was fruit salads and, t- and garden salads. And I couldn't believe beautiful breads, not white breads. Exactly. And you know, when you're making food with real ingredients, it's good for you. And it has nutrients where things that are processed, if they could... My grandmother used to say, fruit gets moldy, vegetable gets soggy, and if it stays for months on the shelves, imagine what it does to your body. And like she said that way before anyone else. Right. She's like, if it does not have a fresh smell, you cannot eat it. Right. And but you could eat anything. You know, don't deprive yourself. Eat anything that's homemade, that has a smell, you know, that's made with love. Unbelievable. I love your story. Thank you, know, you so much. The little bits of trouble you got yeah. into high school. She <laughs> puts it out there. <laughs> Lots of trouble. But it, but it was, you know, you sound like you had a lot of fun yeah. growing up in New York City. I lived right here on the Lower East Side. Did. Till 12 years ago, and then we moved to Long Island. But we were on the Lower East Side for 10 years, and I loved it. And I explored the city as three little girls at the right. time. And we, I went to museums. We went on the subways. Yeah. And now they, when they come to the city with their Long Island friends, they're not afraid of the subways. They make right, them, they know it. They it's, know it's it. Familiar. Like, that's it's your backyard. It's, it's your backyard. 
Right, Manhattan, when you live in Manhattan, the whole island is your backyard. That is true. You can really explore. I, I really miss living here. Yeah. So. And as a young girl in the 70s, there was like, parents were different, it, you know, so they were like, here's a subway, you know. Go. Go. Yeah, we've come a little bit more. Yeah. What do they call us? The hop- Hel- helicopter. helicopter. Helicopter parents. Helicopter. Yeah, we yeah. kind of like hover over our right, children. Right. But, you know, I, every, everyone's got their own parenting style and everyone has their own cooking style and, and I just, you know, if you get the chance to order the book today from Amazon, My Fat Dad with Dawn Lerman, and the, 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 as I said, the, the uh, title is like, whoa, it grabs you in. You're like, what's that about? And then you pull in it, and I could not. We went away for a few days uh, last month. I could not book the book Oh, thank down, you really. so much. Not, was so... The only books I ever read is cookbooks, right. but I enjoyed this because it's a total memoir with lovely recipes in the back. Are these mostly starts off as as beauty's recipes. Yes. Some of them not so um, not so healthy. Not I mean, so healthy. but not so unhealthy, but I mean it starts out, I mean every story my grandmother would say every story has a recipe, you right. know? Fluffy matzo balls, sweet potato luckers, perfect yeah, timing. Right. Um and then we go right uh, Bobby sweet brisket Coca-Cola marinade. Right. I'm so going to be making that. It's actually way. so delicious. <laughs> and then at the back it's already protein pack Linzer tuck. Exactly. Cookies. Exactly. So at carob chocolate chips where you have had your journey. Exactly. How you grew up from a little girl eating not so healthy and always been given eat you know, eat exactly. It'll make everything gets better if you eat or not eat. For, or not eat. If you're right. with my mother, if was, you're not eating, <laughs> stop eating. Right. right yeah. Stop eating. No one ever told me to stop eating. <laughs> right. Right. We only had like diet coke in our house and like astronaut like powdered food. There was no food in my house growing up. Tab. Did your dad drink tab? My dad wrote the com- the slogan for tab. Oh, really? Yes. Everyone in Sydney drinks yes, tab they, they in did. the 70s and 80s when I was growing up. Tab. What is it? What's the pu- well? The one he wrote is he wrote uh, the tab dance, and it was a it was a whole campaign with Gene Kelly. Oh, that's your yes. dad? Yes, and, it, and the, the slogan was, it keeps you light on your feet. And it was inspired when my dad went to the fat farm at Duke University. He only had one campaign to write on. It was Tab, and he would drink Tab all day long. And when he got from back from the fat farm, they said, how did you stand eating rice for like six months? He's like, well, I drank Tab. It keeps you light on your feet. And then that became that, like, beca- that became the new tagline. Real. Yeah. Well, wow. Elle McPherson did a big Tab yeah. ad in Australia in the 19th century. That's what put her on the map way wow, back Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, your dad did a lot of stuff. He so did you, a lot of stuff. You come from a very uh, illustrious, is that the right word? Illustrious? Eccentric, Eccent- I would say. Okay. I would say eccentric. eccentric family. I would say eccentric I family. It. And I really connected with beauty because she was my bubby. Thank you. I mean, she the changed Ashkenazi my life. Ashkenazi European bubby, you know, that she was loves from Chicago you. and loves you unconditionally. And it was my grandmother, Rifka Alice, who was one that pushed me. I'm getting a little choked up now. Who pushed me. She knew I wanted to live in America because I wanted a bigger Jewish life and you know, I wanted to find a husband and there was nothing going on in Australia at the time. And I was 21 and I really wanted to come to America for really for to be a, yeah, it was easy to be a better from person, an orthodox person here in New York. And she always the one, she said, go, go, go enjoy yourself. And my right, mother was like, oh, don't go. Right. Like she was the mum that wanted me at home, which was very nice because right. I want my kids around me, like right, we right, want right. my kids around us. But my bubby was the one that said, you know, go That's live really your nice. life. Right, and, like, right, spread your reason. And she fly. was a Holocaust survivor. So, wow. you know, she'd been through all that and she'd had her crazy journey. So... Well, that's yeah. a really crazy journey. Yeah. Here's to our grandmothers, right? <laughs> yes, I know. Yes, exactly. My grandmother beauty. Like, it's called My Fat Dad, but my grandmother beauty. And is her, so in the book. She's the star of the book. Her, it's her love, her recipe cards that kind of carried me through all the hard times. Yeah, so I really grabbed this book. Thank it, you it, so it's, much. It's absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Dawn, for joining us. You're Thank welcome you so to stick much. around for the rest yes, of the show. We've got to. a lovely show. I'm just going to get you to switch a little bit sure. with um, Esther. And then Esther's going to bring up her food. Alexander Rappaport is also here uh, on Table for Two uh, with this Our Hanukkah edition. Shabbos Hanukkah. This is Shabbos Hanukkah. You're listening to this on Shabbos Hanukkah. We are. We got together a little bit earlier. Esther is joining us. Esther lives in Brooklyn. Esther's, a.k.a. alias, is gluten-free SY because SY, if you don't know, stands is a, like a little Syrian term. Correct. Correct. Right. So, um Esther is an amazing cook. I don't even remember when we, we met through Instagram. I think through Instagram. Uh, no, I think we met at the Masbia for Katsubi. Yes. When you had Katsuji Tanabi on right, your show right. in and your I posted studio. It, right, you posted You said, are you here? I said, I'm here. And I right. was with Honey Apfelbaum, right. uh, busy in Brooklyn, and Kitchen Tested's Melinda Strauss, and we posted a picture of the, you that we were there. And you posted a picture... I'm here too. Right. And then we went up, we had a hug, and then like through that, we just right. kept we keep bumping into we each ke- other. And being, 
contact and now I said it's time for you to get on my show because you've got some free time available and and I said you got time you get in my show right now (laughs) because um when when Joe Danziger from Kosher Valet Kosher Valet I'm just going to give that a little mention if you are a personal chef or you want to buy food from a personal chef and you can't get it because they live in Deal or you live in Brooklyn or Long Island or you can go on to Mm koshervalet.com And you can order the food through him, and he'll deliver it to you. Fantastic. Right. And he also get has a website with everybody. Everybody's on it. Everybody's so, food, so you get to see everything So when available. I had Joe on the show, he bought about six different things. I'm not going to name them all just Esther's now because I don't want to leave anyone out who I did have on that I feel bad. Um, so, but Esther, Esther sent in some chicken. And that's, um, that's Gluten-free what chicken. Oh, yes. I was hoping you'd bring that. <laughs> um, so... So we had some of the food and it was really unbelievable. So we Thank figured you. now is the right timing for Hanukkah, our special edition, right. to have you on. So uh, tell us a little bit about you before we dig into the samples over there. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I think one thing that I think people would be very surprised to hear is I'm not personally gluten-free. Really? Right. That's something I think a lot of people would be very surprised to hear. How did we fall into the gluten-free? Speci- you're a specialist. Yes. And this, this, this started happening about a year ago. And my son, you know, one day says, Ma, you know, I have news. I'm dating. And I'm like, oh, that's really nice. My broke. My broke, right. But guess what? She wasn't Syrian. Ah. Oh, but it's all, that's all, it's all good. It's okay. great. Okay. Okay. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. So the next Shabbat, I'm bringing her home for Shabbat. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, Ma, by the way, she's gluten free. What? She's what? The Ashkenazi downfall, right? <laughs> Wait, like, why? What, what does that mean? My, when you cook, you gotta leave out, you know, bread and wheat and you can't put soy sauce in the roast. And I'm like, okay. Say what? What? Right? And then, okay. And then, and then my son-in-law actually got diagnosed with celiac also like about a year later. Is he Ashkenazi or Sephardic? No, he's actually Sephardic, Lebanese, okay. Syrian, little combo over there. Okay, nice. And then so, she's Ashkenaz and we have all, like you say, grandmas. We have grandmas too. And our grandmothers have been making these delicacies for years and years and years. They're ancient, you know, passed down recipes. And I wanted to introduce her name is Emma to all our Syrian delicacies. And now I couldn't because they all have gluten. Right. So I said, you know something? She's very into different cultures. Let me find a way to make them gluten free for her. Did they get married? Not yet. Don't. No pressure, no pressure. No, pressure, pressure. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Ashkenazi Sephardic, we all pressure our kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, On that line, yes, well, okay. Right, so, so yes, I started making, you know, these things. And then a year ago, I was working someplace else, and it didn't work out anymore, and I lost my job, and I needed to do something else. And I said, okay, I'll try this. And this actually, Sambusak, these are actually parv. There's a mushroom in here. Somebody said to me they did not want dairy. They didn't realize it. Could I make them parv? And I said, sure. You know, I use earth balance. And, but these are Sambusak. I think I sent you some with some cheese. You sent me, they were amazing. My husband went crazy. He did not believe me that they were. So I got lucky. My daughter went to her friend. And this is traditionally made with flour and semolina, which are obvious. So flour, wheat. Right. But flour I can replace. But my daughter came home, and it's a top secret, and by her from her friend in Florida, and she pulled out an ancient Israeli recipe for sambusak that replaces the semolina with a totally gluten-free kosher Passover kosher item. She goes, "Ma, let's try it." What was it? No, no, no. I don't tell anybody. That's a top secret. Uh, really? A very big I'm secret. A, I'm a Pesach chef. I'd really like to know. Well, maybe you can, you know, email me or okay. something. Okay. Wink, wink. Yeah, wink, wink. Yeah, I don't tell my sister. I don't t- because I I have to protect. It's very proprietary. Oh, absolutely. So so it, they came out really really good last year. I made them and last year. And the one thing about me is, guess what? Like you said, Passover. That's my time because every for eight days we all become gluten free. It's 140 something days away. I'm not causing <laughs> anyone to counting? panic. I'm not <laughs> causing you to panic. I have a countdown in my phone. Probably like 130 something by the time this airs. Right. So one thing that I want to launch this coming Passover is my own flour blends, where you when you put flours together, they actually synergize and they get actually much much better and they really really good. So I'm gonna be working now. You know, like you said, I have a little more free time on my hands to put together kosher for Passover, kitneyot, and non-kitneyot. 
Oh, fantastic. Yes. I, I need the non-kidney off. <laughs> I got Being you. Ashkenazic. <laughs> right, right, right. Sort of Ashkenazic. My husband's like, has, is a Romaniot Jew. So he has a whole kind of different. Okay. So, right. So I know that I have to, you know, do both of those. And I did them last year. My son-in-law's, uh, brother told his mother that he was bad things were going to happen to him because he was eating hametz on passover he was not eating hametz on passover he was eating my food all of my food is <laughs> alex is got a chuckle here. <laughs> yeah it's all kosher for passover technically but not all kosher for passover food is gluten-free uh-huh because matzah has wheat in it so right so you can't just assume that if it's kosher for passover that it's gluten-free but everything that's gluten-free can be kosher for passover if you eat kidney oil. If you don't eat kidney oil, then we, we, we adjust it that let's, way. Let's, can you give us the names of all the people who are not familiar with some of my listeners who are not familiar with what kidney oil exactly are? So Which, kidney oil would be grains? rice and corn, right? Rice and corn would be kidney oil, correct? Or maybe peanuts. Peanuts. Um, what else? Just, I mean, I, I'm bad with this. You think I should know this, right? It's I'm rice, thinking. corn. Rice, corn, peanuts, maybe beans. Some ch- chickpeas. Alexander, maybe. What's kidney oil? Beans, Chick- chickpeas, beans, legumes. legumes. Right, right, right. Because peanut is a legume. Right, right. That's why we can have nuts and not right, peanuts. Right, So last year what I did was put together, and this is, you know, if anybody wants to do the research, they can. I put together almond flour, tapioca starch, and potato starch. And you just Tapioca put, starch is not hamet, not kidney oil? No. Oh, right, cool. I'm right. Tapioca is perfectly fine. They sell in moishis. Not for you. <laughs> not familiar. No, no. not oh, familiar. Okay. They sell in moishis during Passover and not in the kidney oil section, so I know it's fine. Okay, excellent. So, excellent. yeah, so if you take those three things at the right, you know, uh, balance. balance, you're going to have a perfect, I mean, not going to have a, you know, it's not going to taste exactly the same, but it's pretty close. And that's something that, you know, and, and like I get really busy, so I'm going to start getting ready for Esther, me. Esther, before Pesach, you right. and I are going to do a show together. Right. About, you know, two Pesach chefs working together. Right, right, and then we you can do that. But this is, and one thing that I was sharing with Don was also a lot of people tell me is that they feel very bad to put these kind of delicacies out for the rest of their family and say, you know, look at this beautiful maza. That's what we call appetizers. Maza, right? Maza, M A Z Z E. E, yeah. And but but you can't have it. So a lot of people tell me, you know, Esther, you've enabled the rest of my family to have these foods because now that you have it, there's a gluten free option. Every people who eat gluten can actually have it too. So, you know, you've liberated the whole family. I love it. And I get hugs and kisses and you don't, you don't know. And, and, and such grateful, uh, satisfied texts. And I, you just can't imagine how wonderful it makes me feel to get those texts. It just, it just makes my day. And you can order this. People can go to you directly or they can right. order through kosher right. and, and again, if they ask for something special, I got a text yesterday morning. It can't be cheese. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll fix it. We'll make it without cheese. Or and, mushrooms. Or, or right. Or any, any, any which way. This, this is actually has mushroom in it as well. This has meat in it. This is a lachmajin. I'm, I'm going to hold this up to the camera. Okay, we're going to actually... That's eat. a Mazap plate. This is a meat plate. Right, and this okay. is the parv. This is the parv. Okay, great. So can we get that all, ZK? I think it's time that we indulge a little. You go right ahead. Okay. All right, we're going to try not to make a mess. Okay, ZK, you ready to be flashic? That's Lachmajin. Okay. Oh, Lachmajin. Yeah. So he's, he's going for that chicken. That's he what, must he remember knows. it. He remembers we, it. We licked the plate clean last time. My I daughter calls it. Nothing. My daughter calls it crack. She goes, Ma, this is crack. Now this this is, has, has a lot of, there's a tamarind in there, you know, tamarind, mm-hmm. in the meat, in the meat mixture, and, mon, and onion. This is not normal. And this gluten, the bottom is gluten-free. The, you know, the top stays the same. The recipe, there's no gluten in the lachmajin right. meat mixture, but it's just the bottom that changes. And this is actually rice. It's a cooked, instead of using bulger, it's traditionally with bulger on it, but tr- instead of bulger, I use rice. Okay. And that's a corn. That's a piece of, that's a piece of chicken. Oh my God. And that's rice crispy honey chicken. This is amazing. And actually, can I have a plate? Thank you. Sure, sure. Thank you, Must Be a Kitchen, for donating the plate today to Table for Two. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take the chicken. I'm going to take one of these, and I'll take my half-eaten lachmajin, and I'm going to pass that down for everyone else to try. Okay, so this is what we had on the show um, two weeks ago? Yes. A week ago? Yeah, something like that. And that's the honey crispy chicken. I've got, like, silver on my hands. Uh-oh. Okay. I think it's from um, just the foil. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, yeah. oh that's not. Okay. All right. So now I have uh, from the plate probably. Okay. Yes. This is you're the right. chicken with what's this on it? There's like a you know bread breadcrumbs that I make myself. I get crafty with my blender. This is not normal. And I put some spices in there and a blend and some gluten free matzo meal 
and I just get very creative and, uh, and I make it taste good. And like I said to you before, I'm not gluten free. And a lot of people are very surprised by that, but actually it's a tremendous benefit because I am able to taste it both ways. I know what it tastes like with gluten and I know what it should taste out without gluten. And if I won't eat it and if I don't like it, you're not getting it because that's how I am. This is not normal. I, you know, my line, a lot of things come across my desk. This, I mean, I love the lachma ginger, not get me wrong. No, I understand, but it's it's an ethnic thing. Chicken is a universal, Cormox Ashkenaz. This is not normal. This could be at any high-end. Okay, it might not be at Reserve Cup because they don't really serve schnitz, like right, right. breaded chicken cutlets. They're known for their rare steaks and duck and whatever. This is unbelievable. Well, I just want to share something with you. When Kosher Valet gives you your orders, you can go online and see who ordered. So I'm looking, and then all of a sudden I had to look back three times because I didn't get it. But guess who ordered my chicken this week? Who? Joe Danziger. <laughs> so I said, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's hilarious. And he's not gluten-free. But, but of all the people, you know, he's probably going to kill me for saying this. He's going to say, you're going to make everybody else get mad at me. But I was very pleasantly surprised to see that Joe actually ordered my chicken. So I was like, whoa. It's not you know? normal, right? Is it okay? I need the recipe. I'm sorry. It's you have a little to order it. You know what? You live in Brooklyn. You can go pick it up. I, yeah, I'm in Flatbush. So it's, so is he. So, you know. Yeah, it's it's fine. But it's a lot of fun, and it's great to help people. And it's so good, and it's not outrageously priced, any of the stuff. Right. I mean, my stuff could be a little bit more because right, you're the flowers. Right, you're a personal chef, and the, the flowers, flowers and the ingredients. Expensive. And you know what? It's, it takes twice as long to cook this stuff. It takes, it, you know. Really? Why? Because Why? you're dealing with something that doesn't want to get done. It's fighting you back. It's a harder. And I also have to be tremendously considerate of cross-contamination. Correct. I have to make That's sure. That's so nice. Yeah, I, nodding her head appreciating Yes, yes. Cross-contamination is you can't fry in the same oil. You can't have anything near you when you're working. You can't use the same forks and spoons. I mean, I do that for kashrut as well. Right. But everything, I have two separate fryers. My daughter's always yelling at me, Ma, you have no space in your kitchen because I have two fryers. I have a lot, I have like a Bosch kitchen, I have a KitchenAid, I have everything, but you cannot have cross-contamination. So it also takes a lot more time because you right. have, have separate trays, separate everything. This, so it's a lot more time consuming. So what was I eating there? I feel like I was, uh, when I was doing a QVC show, when so, I used to be on QVC, and I would open up the food slowly in front of the camera for the audience to see. So if you are watching from our YouTube channel on the Nachum Siegel Net, um, I opened up the What's this called? Kibbeh. That's a torpedo kibbeh. A torpedo kibbeh. And I opened it up slowly, just like they do on, on QVC. And we have this most incredible, it tastes better in my opinion. Than the, a lot of people feel that way. It's lighter. It's like a crisp. Head. If you've ever had crispy rice and sushi, it's a similar, a similar, but yeah. you know, but you get the texture, you get the flavors, you get the smell. And a lot, what I do also is I grind the meat. So that what you're ha- what's, what's happening is it's more about the meat mixture than you're, it is about the shell. You're grinding your own meat? No, I'm not. I, I, let me rephrase that. I okay. cook the meat, meat, and then what I do is I take the meat and I put it in a, a food processor to get the meat a even lot smaller, smaller. And so when you so it's denser. So when you bite into that kibbeh or you bite into that sambusak, there's more meat per capita. So your your taste buds are exploding on the flavors in the meat. Even though the, the crust is good and the outside is good, because, you know, because I get it to be really good, I just want I want your focus to be inside of the meat. And then like a sambusak, a lot of times when you bite into a sambusak. What's a sambusak? This is that. That's those cheese things. Okay, let's, this, I'm going to hold this, one up. This, this is mushrooms in it. But the cheese ones, a lot of times they've all, you open it up and you, you get into air. But I do stuff in there so you don't get air. I don't know if you, the ones I gave you last week. The cheese is very there because you can't bite into air because then you're just eating a gluten-free crust. And it has a mushroom base. Somebody called me and said, I have to, I can't have dairy. So I accommodated her by making oh my God. mushrooms. I can't believe this is gluten-free. Totally gluten-free. That's, everybody I, says it. Donna, are you, are, do you have a lot of experience with gluten-free yes, yourself? I lo- well, I'm a fan of almond flour. I love anything with almond flour. I, I hardly get, use almond flour. Isn't that funny? Really? Because I love it. Because I think almond flour gives it a very kind of unique little taste. It gives it like a, um, a very full body taste. And I really, only on Passover will I use, I really want almond flour is something that, it, and a lot of, you know, you have to also understand, you're dealing with a lot of children and there's a lot of nut allergies. Right, right. right. So I have to stay, you know, try and stay away from the nuts. And I have chickpea allergies and egg allergies and every, you know, and you have to be very sensitive to these things. And people, you know, I, you know what happens? I have people who call me 
Because it, it does get costly. When do they call me? When it's their son's bar mitzvah, their daughter's bar mitzvah. And they feel so bad because this is what we eat. And like the whole bar mitzvah party is eating these foods, except for the bar mitzvah or bar mitzvah girl. So they call me up, and I make these foods for, for that. The, for, for the that, child. For the child who's actually being honored that day. And it just gives me so much pleasure and makes me feel so good that their special day was special. And I, and I can show you the text of, of like, wow, you know, you know, you made my day. That's so nice. And even one little boy's little sister went up to my granddaughter because they were in the same class. Oh, I love your grandmother's recipe. She has the best food. And my granddaughter, who's eight years old, was like so excited that people were talking about her grandma. Oh, that's okay. You don't look like your grandma. Oh, thank you. you. I just had one two weeks ago. I know. I saw that on uh, Yeah, Esther. I had an Esther. Right. Sephardim. We name for the living, You right? honor for the right, living right, by right, naming right. them. Right, so it's her second daughter. It's my daughter's daughter. So I got my first Esther, and she's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. I can't believe it. It's so nice. It's really nice. It's You know, we feel enjoy it while you're alive, and boy, do we enjoy it. So That's so wonderful. So, yeah, it's a very exciting time. Like, you should get it off for clamp yeah. using an Ashkenaz. I'm for clamps. Using an Ashkenaz word. Oh, wow. This is really cool. Okay, so we have one more thing to try. I, I, I am blown away. This By is, how authentic? Is, oh, what this is, is this? This is a sweet cack. Again, oh, I try sweet cack. But what's that? That's the kibbeh. That's the same thing with oh. my mushrooms inside of it. That's oh, the same okay, thing with the meat. Oh, okay, the same thing. Okay, good. So, so this, this, this is a traditional sweet cack, and you can. What's cack? I see this cack, all the time. It's a Middle Eastern breadstick, so it's usually a breadstick that has like an anise in it. But then they make a sweet version. Look how beautiful! And that's totally gluten free. This is beautiful twist, a nice sugar crust. Yeah, and why? Just because you're gluten free, you shouldn't eat pretty food and beautiful uh, food. I agree. Wow. Okay, so I'm just breaking a little piece off. What bracha do you make on all oh, this? Oh, oh, I, you, you're asking the wrong person, but there is no wheat in it, so maybe Rabbi? you would know better. No wheat is shahako. Shahako, right? I feel like weird when I do a lot of shahakos on, even like. On cake, on Pesach. With, people with people no always ask for the challah. The also. But the challah has 22%, I think, oats. When I make my oat um, challah, I have a daughter that's a, who dabbles in gluten-free because she has... Oh, that sounds delicious. Okay, so it's oat challah. I, I, I add sugar into it because it was it had no what, taste flour, without it. Oat flour? I use... 100% oat flour. It's two full cups. It doesn't, it makes a bunch, make her like a bunch of muffins. And then I make two, it, you can't shape it. You can't braid it. It's more like a batter. You pour it into a loaf pan. Um, and then I, I felt like it needed a quarter of a cup of sugar, but it's, it's that you wash on it. It's a hamotzi. Oh. Because it's a grain. It's a grain. I really feel, it's, it's a gluten free grain. Grain, right. grain, but I really feel like that she needs to. Well, oats have to be specified. On Shabbos, on Shabbos, right. I feel like gluten-free or not, you have to go out of your way to eat the oat to make hamotzi. Right. Cause not, not all oats are gluten-free. They have to be designated gluten-free oats. Okay, there you go. I did not know that. Well, yeah. I'm hoping those were desig- Bob, Bob Red Mill. Right. It was usually would say Bob's – right, but people can't just assume. It definitely had the placebo effect. Right. <laughs> right. People can't just assume that just because it's oats, it has to be grown separately because right. it is usually – it's grown together. It's the same reason you don't eat rice on Passover because it's too close to the wheat. Same thing with oats. They have to be gluten-free. They, they can be, but you can't just assume anything with oats. They must be designated gluten-free oats. usually says it on the package. Right. Like okay, that's Trader right. Joe's has gluten-free oats. A lot of places, right, it says, right, it'll right. say right on front, gluten-free right. oats. I just, want, I just want to clear that up. I don't want anybody to make a mistake thinking that all oats are gluten-free. They have to be. They can be, but they must be designated. Nated to Oh, so interesting. Okay. So, so I've been doing a lot of oat challah for her. Um, now she's in Israel for the year, so she's finding her whole way around and right. helping. There's a big know. gluten-free movement in Israel as yeah. well. One of the rabbis in the yeshiva, one of her teachers, is gluten-free. So, so she's learning yeah, her she's way going, around. Okay, so I'm going to try the sweet cack. Sweet cack. Right. Okay. It's like a bread. It's like a sugar cookie. Mm, it's good. It's gluten-free. This is a cup of tea. I need yeah. a cup of tea for this. Right, and you, people, just, mm. people haven't had these things for 10 years, for 8 years. Or I even had somebody who was a, had a 3-year-old. I said, oh, wait, but a 3-year-old doesn't know what this is or what a kibbeh is or a lachmajin. But you know what? She's going to grow up. It's all around her. And how is she going to feel when, oh, I've never had a kibbeh, and now she's having a It's kibbeh. like an Ashkenazi New York kid going, I've never had pizza. Right. Uh, who I've doesn't? never had a knish. Never had a knish. Right. So could you imagine what that must feel? And everybody's talking about it all day long. Right. These are just chocolate chip cookies. I shouldn't say just. Ooh, I know, pe- you can't say just. Everything she makes. It's so gourmet. Everything is so high end. And trying to be fun. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, my, there. And, and see this cookie. I'm holding it up to our. 
YouTube camera. <laughs> okay, it looks Mizona. This right. looks the real deal. This mm. is Shahako cookie. Okay, okay, I'm gonna bite. You're gonna hear me crunch. You hear the crunch? Yum. <laughs> okay. Are we going to ever do a cookbook? Yes, we, we want to. I would love to do a cookbook. There is a nice one out there. I want to say it's by Vicky Pearl. Okay, I haven't seen That's it. That's where my oat challah recipe comes from. She's actually a Hasidish lady who um, helps a lot of gl- uh, gluten-free families um, mm-hmm. cook because, you know, it's a very overwhelming task in the beginning. Right. Um, when you first make the switch. And she helps people and advises people. And she wrote this book. Um, and I love it. I cannot for the life of me remember what it, what it was. I got uh, from Vicky and then also from Judaica Plus. I'll, I'll look it, it up. But, but have a look. It's, it was excellent. So I learned to make chocolate chip cookies with almond flour from that. And oat challah. This is really just – I can't eat so much. I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a cup of tea before I leave And I'm studio. always testing things out. You know, like I always tell people, you don't see on Instagram what I throw out. I'm always testing. I'm experimenting. Not everything comes out right. great. It's hard to find that right balance right. of flowers. Have you used Orly's uh, gluten-free blend? She's, she's – I must speak to Orly every day. Oh. She's, she's – yeah, She lives in Australia part of she, the time, she, right? Right. She commutes. I'm like, Orly, are you on an airplane? But she – I have to give her a shout out and a lot of credit. Yeah, she's been on the show. She was actually on our Thanksgiving show last year. Right. She's 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 brilliant. She's a genius. I've tried other things, and there's that mealy aftertaste. You don't get that with Orly's, and it really she's really been a tremendous you know asset for me in helping me. But I also, I mean, I, I give myself credit for finding her because I actually did some trolling on the internet, saw that she won last year at the Kosher, Kosher, Kosher Fest. Fest. Yeah, and then I she's fantastic. And I you saw know her, her right. Orly uh, Goddessman. Or, Orly yeah. Goddessman. Blends by Orly. So, Gluten-free flowers. So, Excellent. So I found her on social media, and I just, you know, want to try your stuff. And, you know, and it really helps. She's always coming out with new recipes. I actually made some donuts, but they're not uh, the sukhanayot. So I, There's more food to so Oh, I my these, God. I'm, gonna... these, I'm still working on the donuts. I mean, you, you know it's nine days before or two days before Hanukkah, so these will get much better. And I actually Shabbos Hanukkah. Right, for Shama's Hanukkah. Well, two days before Hanukkah and, right. But I did text Orly for a, a great recipe and she's gonna get that to me. So these will get better. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just hold these up to the camera. This, so this has got chocolate in it. And, and one has jelly in it. Jelly, right? jelly. We spoke about last week about the difference between jelly and preserves and, okay, I'm just Right, gonna, when, when you, when you bake, I think you wanna use jam or preserve so it doesn't like melt all over the place. Right. A different fruit content as opposed mm. to different sugar content. Right. I'm just right. taking a little pick. Mmm. Oh my god. It's like a coffee cake. Right. It's like a coffee cake. But I'm going to, you know, I'm still, this is, you know, no Hanukkah comes around once a year. So it's something that I work on once a year. So I need to get, you know, all my recipes out and get in the test mm. kitchen again. And, you know, these, and, and people are just, I mean, I have like 20 orders for, for, for donuts already. Amazing. It's amazing. Esther, thank you, thank you. so much for thank coming you so much for fun. Food Fest. It's so much fun. I can't believe the show is flying by. I am having such a good time. We got a great Line up of here. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are heard on our Rutsheva English Radio. We are on the lorry side for a special edition today of Hanukkah because right now, when you're listening to this show, uh, I'm actually in Alaska. So um, we got together beforehand to make sure there would be a Hanukkah show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get everyone to switch around a little bit. I'm gonna ask Alex to come to my hot seat. Esther's Esther's gonna switch with Alexander and she's gonna go to the back and. Okay, you're okay. Um, thank you very much, Esther. You're going to be leaving us. Um, thank you for joining us for today. Um, and we will pack everything up and take it home and have a yummy, yummy party at home. Um, so, Alexander, your event last week at Bonnet Oak was amazing. I hope you, you got a lot of attention and people realize what must be is all about. Definitely. Definitely. I, I I was so excited about the event because the we we need more of this. So kind of the the fact that there's someone some more, more fundraising. No, no. More so actually, so, so just, just, just to clarify, it wasn't our event. It right. was proceeds so it, go to Masbia. right, right, right. So, it. so 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 it was five percent of the tickets that went to Masbia, which which was kind of what they were trying. They were trying to have a charity element to the event, but the which, event, which the event, I love that, I yeah. think that's so wonderful. So, so I saw this event popping up, so I reached out to Zohar, who who is the entrepreneur behind the, the event, and I said, "Would you like to have a charity element?" And I said to him, 
he asked me, so what do you what do you mean by this? I said, I'd like to come and table, and maybe you can put like one percent of the tickets go to Masbia. And he said, no, five. Beautiful, uh, yeah, beautiful. So, so so it was very it was very nice. But, but really, what what I, in addition to what it helped Masbia, is the fact that kosher world the kosher world out there needs more. Um, entrepreneurs and doing more of everything in kosher. So it's a kind of the, the fact that they were successful and the fact that the room was full, the tickets were sold out, is, is a good thing for the kosher consumer. That there are people there that it's worthwhile um, trying out different ideas, different venues, different events, and it, it will sell out. is is a very is a very just good place we are at in the kosher foodie world. It was fa- it was fantastic. The food they had restaurants there. Our friend Anna Emprishvili from she has that Marani, and my friends Isaac Lazerson, who is the Hickory Barbecue, and uh, Jordana Herschel. She is the Blue Ladle. They were there. Fabulous food all the time. They were cooking. Growing beholds meats. He's a friend of Table for Two. And so um, many of them you just mentioned are Chagall. partners of Masbia and people who help Chagall, in their personal I ways. love or, their food and and Tokyo Tokyo sushi. You can't have an event without sushi these days. Uh, and we, it was the who's who of the kosher world. I saw Isaac Bernstein there and and kosher guru was there and and kosher fellow foodie and Alain Kornblum, David Mosbert, like all the like people who love food. Of course, they were. Uh, Itawerda Garoth was there, who owned Mason and Mark. Everyone made sure they got to. Try to be there. So we had a really great time. Um, you do a lot of fundraising. You got, you know, we had you on last Hanukkah. I felt like it was five minutes ago, right? Like yes, yes. Rosh Hashanah yes. was like one minute ago when you came on with the, um, uh, we did the Haroset campaign. Right. And like five minutes ago was Hanukkah last year. And here we are again, a year later. We've got our Oregon olive oil, and, and you have bought so, some samples. Yeah, so, so yeah, last year we, we were missing that part. We didn't have some samples, but this year they were kind enough. They sent me ahead of time. So so I have actually here f- four different breeds of olives. Ooh. Four different breeds. All of these olives were three weeks ago still on the tree. So what this is... That's unreal. Kind of, yeah, I thought so, it took a long time to press. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 so Apparently it only takes are, eight days, but... It, Yes, so part of the miracle of Hanukkah right. was that it happened during olive harvest time. Right. So kind of they were actually able to harvest fresh and make new for after eight days, for the seventh day after they started. So, so the idea, what I'm, what I, the, the shtick about what we're doing, we're trying to raise money for Masbia, but it, we. Instead of always doing another cookbook, another cookbook, we try to do something like very in season. So for Hanukkah, we did, we learned about this very unique olive oil, and we said, let's do this as unique gifts. So people who would give a $180 donation to feed the needy at Masbia would get sent, not from us, from the farm, they would get um, a, a bottle of olive oil sent to them, and they would actually like pack it with some Olive twigs, like olive cuttings, so they, they like, so they, they get, they feel that authenticity. And what this is, it's a very interesting term. It's called oleonaova. Oleonaova is 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 a term. I'm gonna that, hold this up to the the camera if you're watching on our YouTube channel. So, so what a regular, the olive oil you get in the stores are after it settles for a few months, and they take the top part, like they leave the the studs on the bottom. It takes a few months for it to settle because these are very tiny particles. And when you get the extra virgin olive oil, you get only the top, like the, without the suds. That's less taste. But the reason they need to do it because it doesn't have a long shelf life with the fruit still in it. But this is this is says used by March because because it has so much of the fruit still in it, it is. It's going to get spoiled after March. I want to try this olive oil. Yeah, so we have actually four different kinds. Okay. Um, four different breeds. We got some crackers, some toast. and. Okay, yeah. so we've got, okay, friend. Do you speak Italian? Is this Italian that it's the name? I guess it might be. Okay, Frantoio. Do you read Italian? Okay. Tuscan, Arabequina, and Coronaki. 
These are names of olives. These are names of olives. Of different different, different types of olives. Now, what they what they do is that they they grow different types and they mill it on the farm. So we know if we read all these news media about. Um, I'm gonna uh, open this up. Sure, okay? sure. There, yeah. Definitely. I'm gonna give me. I'm gonna be right now in front of everyone. I'm gonna give you a check to Masbia from my family. Wow. And I'm gonna take these home. Okay. That, so uh, I put my money where my mouth is, wow. literally. Wow. That is literally. And the family wow. will give a donation wow. because I and think. Must be is always a wonderful cause, and I have him Here, okay. right now. Yeah, I don't want olive oil all okay. over my dress. Okay. My Hanukkah mitzvah. Okay, I'm smelling this. Okay, like like how we smell wines with J. Booksbaum. Very fruity. And now I'm going to go home and smell all my olive oil that I buy at Costco and go make like. This is, wow, very fruity. So it's hard for me to. We need yeah. that guy in, who the olive grower who makes it to. Okay, first I'm gonna, oh, so I, you want me to try it? Oh, yeah. Do we have a little plate? We don't have any more plates, right? I'm gonna pour a little bit on. I'm gonna open up the Tuscan. Okay. Cause we don't. So each one smells a little bit different. Are you good at distinguishing the taste of olive oil? Okay. Into the so, mic. I'm asking Dawn if she can. I am. Yes, I, know, I definitely know the difference between a good so, olive oil and okay. and, and so not this, such so a good. So these, one. Okay. these are these are these are uh, um def- definitely sure. Oh, so, good. So, so so tell us. So so for me, I have to confess over here. For me, the the whole miracle of Hanukkah was about the. You can taste it, all of them. They're all open, ready. To, this tastes to like taste tomatoes it. here. Tastes yeah. like Tastes like tomatoes. Okay. Tomatoes. And and you could try some of the toast or bread or the cracker. This is amazing. Okay. Jay Booksbaum just walked into the studio. Hello. You must. Jay must have had a meeting with Miriam Wallach, our amazing uh, general manager. It, I, the wafting. That's of, uh, Jay. We were just talking about you. Really? Yeah, we're <laughs> talking about last week's show. I also gave yeah. everybody a reminder they got to send in the grapes. The name of the grapes from Champagne. These are different Delicious. olive oils. Delicious. Thank wow. you. Wow. So, so, so for me, I, tell me what. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry, I yeah. Came into the these middle. are some I, gluten-free stuff. So all of it. Yeah, this these are flashing. This is parv. We just had someone who's gluten-free baker on the show, and um, what but uh, no, he's chicken. catching up. Chicken. This is lunch. Flashing. Yeah, <laughs> flashing. This one is parv. This one is flashing. See, we're, we're catching okay. up. This is fun today. <laughs> Who else is out there? Is Miriam Nachum out there? Maybe they want to come in for a little party. Try a different one. Okay, so we're right. trying all okay, different so flavored olive oil. So, so Alexander, you were talking so, about so, the miracle so, of Hanukkah. So the miracle of Hanukkah was about finding that. So, so, so all the uh, um, Talmudical talk about Hanukkah that they could have gotten away with a problem that they didn't have olive oil that are tahor that are have the, the purity. But they wanted to have the authentic, and that would the whole miracle was Hashem showing them that he, that they are going to get the authentic olive oil, the olive oil from heaven, Shemen Tahor, the way it's called. So, I light my Chanukia, uh, um, my menorah, with olive oil, and knowing what's all in the news that all the olive oils are adulterated yeah, and blah blah blah. blah, blah. This is so so, so good... finding an, a, an olive mill that's actually in a farm. And it will will ship it farm to table olive oil. That's kind of like wow. Farm like, to table. We're all yeah. about farm to table. And this is so, so kind of having that sort of idea for my own personal Hanukkah was what got me to this. And I said, wow, this could be a nice gift for people giving a generous donation to Maspia. So they so can do this now. People go into maspia.org, they're all make go to a hundred store, and, and 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 they could choose any of those four breeds. They could choose one of each. So for each hundred hundred eighty dollar donation, they get a so for hundred eighty times four, you get all four. Yes, and they cool. they would actually get it sent from the farm, not from here. It comes uh, straight it, from it, Oregon. He did not bring them to Brooklyn. He's not shipping yeah. it from Maspia. It's coming from the and, farm and, in Oregon. And you're gonna get it with some. Cutting, so just just so you get some little bragging points. Have you, you ever get, been there? No, no, but I, I think but, a but road they, trip. They they do do they do do a a, a, a harvesting kind of um, spiel where they have like a like the end of harvest. They make a big party. Okay, see this, this hampshire. One? It says on yeah, it. The, um, you, again, these are uh, these are a gluten free sy food. Esther Anzarut, her food. Um, okay. We have I see a hechsher here. Yes, it's a local hechsher. I don't bash. know them, but 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 it's it's a local hechsher. So L- Oregon's local hechsher, yeah, so you don't and, have to and, worry. And, and it, olive oil doesn't need a hechsher. Right, I actually so called the OU up from Costco uh, era of, uh, about a month before Pesach a couple of years ago, 
And they told me that extra virgin olive oil does not need a Pesach Hechsha or a Hechsha because it's, it's pure. Yes. And it, this it, is in its purest so, form. Yes. So, so this is, this is like a cold press, like very, very unique, um, how this is Can made. Did you smell them? Did you it, smell them, Jay? So these are, these are four different breeds and they were all still olives. No. Dawn, did you do you want to talk to us about a little bit about the nutritional value while I have olive, you here? Yeah, what a sure. Great show. This, the show keeps growing from all the exciting sure, guests well, that we have. Olive oil is one of the richest sources of omega three fatty acids, which is amazing for your skin. It's actually amazing for weight loss, um, and it's yeah, and it's amazing for overall health. With that said, that doesn't mean you're gonna like drink the a whole bottle of oil. It means have a little bit, a little bit of olive oil. You put a little olive oil on your, your salad. salad. It's good for digestion. Um, it's really good for your skin. Well, your yeah, skin is beautiful. It's heart <laughs> healthy. Um, and yeah, you could, you know the difference between good olive oils. Really good olive oil should have like a nice smell and flavor. And mm-hmm. yeah, this is, I'm looking at it, it's beautiful. Wow, high price. That's the Tuscan. So, um, and, and so, so which one did you say had like a tomato feel? Uh, I can't remember. One that had a slightly smelt and taste. They actually a little describe bit. it that way. So, so they, they on our website, you'll <gasps> see. This one smells like, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it has a little bit of a tomato, and Jay would know because he's. Yeah, so so they actually on our website. Olio nova means that it was is a fr- it, it, that it's a fresh oil. It, it wasn't settled yet. It, it kind of it kind of the, the suds didn't go down yet, and, and, and it, it was bottled a, before that process. And it has an expiration date, which means. It's like yes. milk. You got to drink it fresh, use it fresh. Right. As my grandmother would say, if it lasts for months on the shelves, it's not good for good your for body. Your yeah. But if it has an expiration date, that means it's fresh. One more here. This is the mi- most mild so far. Uh-huh. Jay, Jay Bookspam has walked into the studio at a perfect time. How lucky are we? Because he can mm. has a very Just sensitive aroma, nose. That you know? this yeah. makes Jay the People great sommelier. People talk about. Cooking with olive oil, I I don't think it should be used as a cooking. Well, with really good olive oil, you don't cook with yeah, it because you, you of the know, temperature it's more of a isn't right. It's a really, enhancer, or, right? When you, or, or you know, a finishing oil. It's right, a finishing oil. it's a finishing Correct. oil. Right, like Correct. in Spain and Italy, they would instead of putting butter on the toast, they would like yeah. dab it in in, in olive yeah. oil. Right, you me. dip your bread in olive yeah, oil. And, and, <gasps> but but for, for me, it, it's it's so so kind of like I can't kind of shock even the the, the people at the farm over there because I was telling them what I wanted for my. Menorah, like, and they were like, "What? Like, you're gonna burn it? And you're gonna put this on your menorah? You're gonna use this for your menorah, not right, to eat? R- right, right, right. It's perfectly good to eat too, but I got attracted to it because it has that authenticity for the, for the menorah. But, but just like in the story, right? You want to explain the story to our listeners and the children that are listening. We have a lot of young adults that listen to the story that might not know this. Sure. So, 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 so there was there was this insurgency. This, um, we call them the Greeks because in the Gemara they say the Yevanim, but they were actually the Syrians. The, they were the Assyrians, they were the, weren't they Assyrians? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. They're yeah, they're different. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, and and they they so Antiochus was not from Greek. He he, he was like from the north of Israel, like th- right. that area that where he came from. But he was he was influenced what's called Chachmas Yevanus, like the, the the philosophy and the teachings of the Greek, whatever. Right. And and they were trying to pressure the Jews in Israel to follow that and drop the Torah, and so so there was this uh, um, small uh, um, resistance group known as the Maccabees and Hashmonaim. Hashmonaim, and and they were and they they did like a pushback. They 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 kind of like really chased rebellion. out rebellion. Uh, yeah, and, and and they chased out the 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 oppressors. And, and they enforced a very strict uh, um, Jewish uh, Torah law in, in t- back to uh, Eretz Yisrael. And what they did is they rededicated the Beit HaMikdash at that time that they couldn't find authentic what's called tahor, pure olive oil that was sealed as... as spiritually the, pure. Yeah, spiritually pure, right? I mean, say it, it was... And uh, uh, they ended up having this one vial that ended up going instead of one day, going for eight days until they were able to... Make be, another batch. Which, I, like I mentioned before, meant that it was the season of harvesting at that right. time because they were able to make new batches. If this would have happened at any other time of the year, they weren't able to... Hashkacha uh, Pratis. Right, so that's part of the miracle that they actually had to, were able to do it. 
And so kind of having authentic olive oil just brings me so much closer to I love that. Wow, what a wrap-up for a show we've had today, ending on a spiritual note, this Erev Shabbat of of, of Shabbat Hanukkah. We've had an incredible show. Didn't you feel like the hour just went like that? It it did. It went so fast and it was so delicious. Yeah, right. (laughs) Thank you very much, Dawn Lerman, cookbook author of My Fat Dad. There's the book over there. We had Esther Andrew, Gluten-Free SY. Make sure you follow her on Instagram. We have Alexander Rappaport from Must Be A Kitchens. Thank you for having me. Make sure you uh, check out mustbea.org, make a donation to get your olive oil. And Jay Booksbaum, surprise guest. Very nice <laughs> to have you on the show. Pleasure. On the spur of the moment today, two weeks in a row. How fantastic is that? This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abels and Hyman. We have music sponsored up to Lich Benching by our friends at Kerem. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Chanukah Sameach. <laughs>